From the Jewish Federation of Florida's Gulf Coast, this is the Parsha Pathways Podcast. Dive in to the weekly Torah portion led by rabbis local to Florida's Gulf Coast, Pinellas Pasco, and Hernando Counties. Participate live every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time via Zoom. Visit jewishgulfcoast.org slash Parsha to learn more. Okay, so um, we have in our liturgy for the high holidays, it, there are many, many, many pew team. Okay, there's if if any of you ever davened from the Silverman Machsor, let's say for instance, that was the black one in the the good old days. Uh, <laughs> that's where I learned to uh, learn to uh, lead the high holiday services in the Chancellor's Minion at JTS, the Jewish Theological Seminary. And I had to learn every pute in, in that machzor. And it was really um, kind of an incredible experience to learn and then also to be able to, uh, to lead those, those services, those prayers in those days. Um, but it doesn't matter how many, doesn't matter how many of these uh, pute team there are, because they're just really like one or two that everybody <laughs> loves <laughs> and sings along to. So, I wanted to ask you if you had to choose what is your favorite piute, your favorite uh, liturgical song from the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, what would you, what would you say? What would you choose? You could put it in the chat or you, if you don't know what it's called, you can unmute and, and start singing it out loud. Well, I won't start singing it out loud, but my favorite is Avinu Malkenu. But I don't like our father and king, and I listen to the central synagogue service uh, on, I guess it was Monday. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't translate. They sang it beautifully, of course, but they didn't say our father or king. They said, Avino Moncano, and, and did the rest in English. Mm. So I'm, great, I'm grateful for that, because I'm not a father or king. Jew. Yeah, yeah. That's you know. I'd like to get back to that one. But Avinu right? You know, everybody's going to join in singing that, even if they don't like the idea of our Father, our King. There are translations, there are interpretations of it, and some people absolutely love right. Simply, our Father, our King. That works uh, still, right, for a lot of people. And no matter what, the melody is what's so captivating. Okay, what's another one? We have Avinu Malkenu. What's another high holiday favorite? He he ne kachem. Oh, he ne kachem Right, we are like the materials in God's hands, and there are a couple of melodies. Um, I have a funny story for that too. Okay, so I, I led high holidays. This is this was my twenty second year leading high holidays this year. So in my early years, I <laughs> led at JTS and then um, two different minyanim. First the chancellor's one, and then the the one that was a little more informal. And then I led for a few years at Anche Chesed on the Upper West Side. And um, who you know, wouldn't you know who is one of the congregants in this service? Yitzchak Perlman. Yitzchak Perlman, okay? You know, the famous uh, violinist. So I'm singing Kihine Kachomer, you know, you know, this is Yom Kippur night, Kol Nidre night, and I thought, oh, 
you know, I did a good job. Afterwards, you know, the Gabbai comes over to me and says, uh, Rabbi uh, Yitzchak Perlman would like to know where you learned your melodies for Kihine uh, <laughs> Kachomer, because it seems that you've conflated two of them. And I just almost died right there. I'm like, I thought I was davening for Hashem, but it turns out I was davening for Yitzchak Perlman and I botched up the audition. So that one, while I love that piute so much, love it. I also feel great trepidation to this day when I start singing, uh, you know, like fearful that I'm going to come out with the wrong melody. <laughs> okay, what's another one? Okay, so some people love Hayom, right? Hayom, 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 Hayom. And they love it, I think, because then it's the very end of the service and they know there's just about, you know, 10 minutes more until lunch, <laughs> until they could leave the sanctuary. Yom Kippur, maybe not so much about the lunch, but they know that the service is coming to an end. And, uh, you know, that's always something to celebrate. So Hayom, Hayom, Hayom. So this is the subject that I wanted to focus on today, this idea of Hayom, and not so much look at the uh, the piyut, although I, I do want to do that. I wanted to look at this idea of what are we living for today? And um, taking it back, actually, to the verse right before we sing that piyut Hayom, in the Mahsur, we say uh, a number of sukim that have to do with life, life-affirming uh, ideas. As it is written, through me, your days will be increased and years added to your life. Inscribe us for a good life. You who are the God of life, write us in the book of life. As it is written in your Torah, and those of you who cling to God on this day are truly alive. Kakatuv v'atem hadvekim Adonai Elohechem, chayim kochem hayom. And so that's a great verse because it has chayim, life, but it also has hayom on this day. So very, very, uh, uh, it's a perfect segue into that psalm, into that, sorry, that uh, piyut, that song, which is Hayom. So um, before we get any further down the road of our studies this morning, let's go ahead and make a blessing for Torah study. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivanu La'asok B'divrei Torah. Amen. So I will have a source sheet to share with you in just a moment, but I wanted to take you through verbally, uh, just because I, I didn't have the source. So I just want to talk you through um, a little bit of, um, of an, more of an introduction here. So that piyut that says, Hayom, 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 it's actually, it seems to be uh, an acrostic that we only have preserved in our machsor. Maybe if you dive in from uh, maybe an Orthodox Machsor. I, I'm curious, I've never actually done um, 
a comparison of what we have in our Machzor. I uh, use the Machzor Lev Shalem um, from the conservative movement. So prior to this, it was the Harlow Machzor and the Silverman before that. Um, and some of the prayers that we have in our Machzor, some have been shortened, some have been lengthened, some have been taken out altogether, and some have been added in. Uh, <laughs> and the Lev Shalem is a beautiful Machzor because it has um, a lot of side notes, poetry, translations, transliterations, of, of course, um, and it's very user-friendly, although some people say it's a little heavy, uh, and some people say the font is a little small, but I'm not there yet. I do have reading glasses, but I, I'm still appreciating it uh, for all it is. So what we have retained in the Moxer that, um, that I'm using, it's Hayom Te'am Seinu. We're saying, God, strengthen us today, an Aleph word. And then we have Hayom Tevarchenu, Amen. Bless us today. So it goes from Aleph to Bet. Can you guess what the next word will begin with? If you said Gimel, you're right. Hayom Tegadlenu, Amen. Today, exalt us or exalt us today. And then the next one, it's going to start with a. Dalid, right? Hayom tidrashenu litova, amen. Today, seek out our well-being. And then we say, amen. And then from there, it skips. It goes all the way, misses it. Hey, vav zayin chatet, forget it. You're not getting those in this machzor. It's going to go straight to tough. And it's hayom tichtevenu l'chayim tovim. Today, inscribe us for a good life. And then Hayom Tikabel Barachamim Uvratson Etafilatenu. Accept our prayers lovingly today. And then Hayom Tishma Shavatenu. Hear our plea today. And then we get the seal, the seal of approval. Hayom Tit Machenu Bimin Sorry, Bimin Sustain us, God, uh, with the power of your righteousness today. And we all say, Amen. <laughs> and um, so what I want to discuss this morning is this idea of what gives us life today? What are the things that are life-giving, life-affirming? Right? As we go on in life, sometimes we forget, you know, in this pandemic, especially, how hard it is. I know people who have not left their homes. They're inside. They're sheltering in place. Maybe that feels life-giving to them. To me, I don't think it would. I don't think I would feel that that's life-giving. But everyone, but the reverse, right? That is life-giving for them because they're afraid. If they go out, they could get sick. They could get, the, get COVID, right, and die. God forbid, right, or get sick. And so they're preserving their life by staying inside. And there are many things at one point or another in our life that gave us life, that were life-giving. So I wanted to ask you to, you can unmute or you could, there's so many things, to put them in the chat, something uh, just as an opening, okay? And, and then we'll, we'll go into some texts that will really discuss what is life affirming, what gives us life in Judaism. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions and then we'll look at the text. So question number one, kind of like an ice breaking question, icebreaker question, what in your life, in your 
your own experience has given you life, has been like life-giving to you. Something, it could be from when you were young, it could be now, it could be like something recently, right? What to you feels life-giving, right? You can unmute or you can put it in the chat, whatever you prefer. What's life-giving? What's a mechaye? Mechaye, right? What's a mechaye? Mechaye is, it gives, makes you feel alive. What makes you feel alive? This, oh, good, they're coming in. All right, they're answering. They're silently chatting. <laughs> the sound of children's laughter. Children, okay, virtual Sunday school with children, yes. Okay, bringing another life into the world. Yeah, these are all mechaye. All right, you're all very serious. I mean, children are great. And I believe that having four myself, <laughs> they keep you young, right? But what else? What else is life-giving? You know, there's no, you don't have to give a holy answer. You can give the answer that you feel is like your authentic answer. Nature, yeah. Right on, sunshine. I got sunshine on a kind of overcast day. All right, the ocean, yes. Dancing, love, oh, walking on the beach. Thank you, these are great. Or in the forest, we're getting a lot of nature. Good, good, good. Ooh, feeling the winds, nice. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's Cindy, we had a wind chime experience yesterday. We were on the phone and the, 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 wind, the wind came through, which was, was really nice. Or is that star? Who said that? S silver. That may be, oh, you guys can correct me. Okay. Um, music. Yes. Yeah, star, star. Okay. Star and I did not have the wind chime experience, <laughs> but maybe one day we will. <laughs> Good. Hugs, music. Oh, these are great. All right. These are, and I want you to continue to put them in those. Why? What happens what happens when you start to see these lists of words, like energetically, and you can unmute if you've felt anything reading these, this list or not, if, if you didn't feel anything or if you did. I feel more alive. I get energy from it. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a thing. Okay. In, in, in spiritual work, right. One probably psychological work as well. Right. We're told to or advised to make lists of things that make us happy, right? Even if we can't engage in those activities, the simple act of putting it on paper and looking at it, thinking about it is life-giving. It makes us feel different. It actually changes our mood, changes our energy, okay? So if you're feeling, which some of us are, you know, these days, depressed, you're feeling maybe a little down, a little glum. You're wondering, you know, when is this pandemic going to be over? You know, when, when will things be more normal? I don't, now I don't say back to normal anymore because it's, let's just go forward more normal um, or <laughs> more open or something less fearful. Uh, when will that, you know, we don't want to make ourselves mashuga. We don't want to go crazy with these negative thoughts. So we put them on paper, we look at them, we think about them and breathe them in, you know, breathing in the idea of children's laughter of, of, you know, picturing ourselves walking in nature 
or on the beach, or if it's a, a cloudy day to think about what is, what would sunshine feel like on our face? Right? These are, it's, it's literally, it's called the Mechaya. It, it's life-giving. Okay. We have life-giving ideas. They're life-changing ideas, right? And then there are life giving ideas. It just kind of like open us up a little bit to more positivity. And when we're feeling more positive, now we're feeling more alive, right? So it's, it's powerful to think about and to write about um, the, the things that make us happy, the things that make us feel alive. Good. They're still coming in. We have pets and grandchildren, meditation, 100% right? When you get into a meditation and it works, right? <laughs> just simply breathing, taking a few moments to, you know, breathe through your nose, follow your breath could be feel, well, it is life-giving and it could feel life-giving as well. Hugs and music and helping someone, helping someone is like one of those things, right? And you get out of your own head, you get out of your own saras, you help somebody else, mechaya, literally mechaya, because you're giving that person life, and then it's like a mirror, right? Looking back at you, the Hebrew, the word natan is a palindrome. It means to give. Nun, taf, nun goes both ways. In Judaism, in Hebrew, to give is to receive. It's built into the language itself. Now that we've discussed what gives us life in our own experience of, you know, day-to-day -day living, I want to ask you another question, okay? It's, it's kind of the question of... Um, teachers love to ask of what do you think I'm thinking? Okay. <laughs> it's a game <laughs> that teachers play. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. We can do some telecommunication. So if you are putting yourself into the mindset of the rabbis, okay. The, the rabbanim, the, you know, our history, our text, our tradition, what would you say are the traditional forms of life of, of things that are life giving? Right. We we started out today by talking about um, the psalm, or I keep calling it a psalm, the poem, the the piyut that is called Hayom, right? And Hayom, this piyut is introduced by a number of sources that talk about what's life giving and what's life giving to us today. Right. So we've already said a few of these already, but that is the mindset I want us to be in for a moment, as uh, you know, these will be the sources we'll be exploring. What might you say if you were uh, to come up with a list in Judaism or through a Jewish lens, what is life-giving? What, what does that list entail? You can unmute again, or you can use the chat. Well, this is always amazing to me. It's doing what God wants you to do. <clears throat> That's what the Torah says over again. Choose life. Okay, absolutely. All right. I, I'm not going to, I, I want to get the, uh, let's generate the list and then we'll see which of your ideas makes it onto their top 10. Okay. According to the Midrash that I'll share with you. So mitzvot. All right. Um, mitzvot. Do you want to, anyone want to clarify mitzvot, add to mitzvot or anything else? And you can use the chat if you want, just throw those ideas out there. All right. In Judaism, what's, what's life giving through a Jewish lens? Prayer. Prayer. Good. Okay. Prayer. Study. Yes. Study. Tzedakah. Okay. Food. That's very Jewish. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Good. Other ideas? 
Doing good deeds. Good deeds. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we have a few. All right. And you Sorry. seem like maybe you're ready. If, if you oh, planting trees. Very good. Do we have a JNF representative on the line today? Okay. <laughs> study of Torah. Torah study. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, good. All right. Any, any else? Anyone else before we go to the source sheet? All right, Steve, you're awfully quiet. <laughs> Caring for I'm, the ill. I'm catching up. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. So, so the question, um, and and I'm going to turn to the source now. So no one, no one should feel on the spot. Okay. Is what is life giving, life affirming through the Jewish tradition, through a Jewish lens? All right. We've talked about the things for us, you know, going out in the sunshine, walking on the beach, um, and also some other ideas, helping people, um, our children, you know, family, grandchildren, laughter. And now here are some ideas that were prompted by the, um, by the Midrash. So um, I, uh, the Midrash, just let me see if I have it on the page over here. Okay, I, if you're interested, I could pull up the source for the Midrash uh, a little bit later. But what I've done is unpack that Midrash, this creative rabbinic text, and I put it into 10 distinct ideas with the Hebrew and the English so that we can sort of digest them one by one uh, by seeing them from in their, their context, their, uh, where they exist in, in the Tanakh itself. So during the high holidays, during this time of year, the Yamim Noraim, we are thinking about Bacharta Bechayim, as Jay said, choose life. We are asking for life. Throughout the high holiday liturgy, we're saying who, you know, in the Netana Tokev, who shall live, who shall die? Some things are out of our hands, right? But the tradition gives us tools to live by that are life affirming, that are mechayeh, that give us, help us to feel like we are alive, right? We know people who are like the living dead, right? There's some people who are just, they're not, they're not doing well. They're not, for whatever reason, how could we, you know, how could we live a life that feels full every minute that we can? You know, what tools are available to us? What tools does the tradition make available to us in, in terms of affirming this life, this blessing of life that we've been given? So the first one is God. God, okay? Here's a text from Jeremiah. So we're going through in the next uh, few minutes together, the 10 life-giving qualities that the Midrash offers, taking from Tanakh, from the Torah, Nevim Ketuvim, the sacred scriptures. So the very first idea is God is life-giving. All right. And who would like to read this text for us from Jeremiah? But, but the, the Lord, Lord is truly God. God. He is a living God, an everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes and nations cannot endure his rage. Okay, thank you. So, Vadonai Elohim, Emet, Hu Elohim, Chayim. Right? So, all of these sources are going to have the life affirming idea in Judaism, right? 
Why is it life affirming? Because simply it's connected in scripture to the word chayim, life. And uh, that was definitely uh, a double life header because we had two readers on it. So thank you both for jumping in. (laughs) It was like Mount Sinai. You know, the voices were just coming from everywhere. All right. So that's number one. God is life-giving. Okay. Two. What's the next one? I think I'll call on people. Who wants to be called on? Bev. (laughs) The Torah. I'm unmuting. Okay. Um, her wor- her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who grasp her and whoever holds on to her is happy. Yes. Torah. To the f- person who said that earlier, Torah is life-giving. This, if, you, if we ask the question differently, maybe about Shabbat, what is your favorite song? Right. When the ark is open, we're putting the Torah back in and everyone's singing. It's a holy moment in the sanctuary. It's holy to me. My perspective. Why is it holy? Because everyone's singing because everyone loves that moment and they're connected to it. Right. So many other times in the service, people are talking, you know, maybe they're into it. They're stepping out. But for this, all voices out singing together, harmonies, so beautiful. And it's like upholding the Torah with our voices. So number one, what's life affirming? God. Number two, we have Torah. You can tell rabbis wrote this, right? Okay, let's do the third one. Kara, can you help us out here? Israel is called life. While you who held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. Amen. And that is the verse that we say every time we take out the Torah, right? The Gabbai stands up there and, you know, says some remarks, some lines uh, of text. And then the whole congregation says, And the Gabbai repeats that. This verse is also, it's from the Torah. We read it in Deuteronomy just a few weeks ago. And then we also have it right here in the Machsor as the introductory text to the Hayom Hayom Hayom, the closing piyut of the morning service. Why? God is saying, you Israel, us, you and me, right? We held fast to God. We are alive today. Chayim kulchem Hayom. That verse that we say every time the Torah is out and as the introduction to the Hayom piyut, that Hayom song, it's this verse, right? If there was any verse in the whole Torah that I wish I could ask everybody to memorize, other than the Shema, of course, it would be this one. To, to cling to God. Who clings to God? Devek in Hebrew, the root of the word hadvekim is glue. Imagine that feeling, right? To cling to like... You're stick. You're stuck on God. <laughs> We're stuck on God. We're stuck. It's crazy glue. It's not gonna get undone. Okay. It's 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 that. What is this glue? Right. It shouldn't be intimidating. It's dvekut, dvekut in the Hasidic parlance that we're spiritually clinging to God, and that is what's life giving, and that's what's life affirming. Right. So we have God. We have Torah. We have Israel. What else do we have? 
someone said this earlier, righteousness, right? And, and righteous deeds. So let's have a reader. Byron, do you like to read? Righteousness is a prop of life, but to pursue evil leads to death. Oh, right. So we had a life and death sentence here, right? Righteous, it's a prop of life. Righteous, this is from Mishle, Proverbs. Righteousness is a prop of life. Wow, that's interesting. But one who pursues evil, it leads to death. Oh, really puts it in stark contrast for us. So, Cain tzedakah l'chaim. I love the one when the scripture uses the word Cain. It's like an affirmation. It's like, yes, right? Yes, a big yes, right? That we should orient our lives towards tzedakah, towards righteousness and being righteous. Okay, and what's, uh, Byron, if you'll take the second one as well from Proverbs 11.30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. A wise man captivates people. Okay, good. So we can discuss that, you know, how do these two um, ideas relate to one another? But let's, for the sake of time, focus on just the first part, which is pre tzaddik etzchayim. That's really a beautiful image. Pre tzaddik etzchayim, the fruit of the tzaddik, the fruit of the righteous. Let's unpack that. What would you characterize as the fruit of a righteous, of a righteous person or a righteous life? Good deeds. Yeah, good, good, good deeds. Yes. Setting an fruit. example. The fruit is the effect on others, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Good. Right? How so? Can we elaborate on that? Well, I mean that what what gets created from righteousness is that it gets passed on to others. Yeah, right. The fruit has the seed. The fruit is what's juicy. It's what's shareable, right? When you think about the whole tree, all of the tree is you know has uh, value, has import. And the fruit is like, yeah, that's what we want. We want to share that fruit, right? So let, you know, let's marinate on that uh, image even more, you know, keep thinking about it because we could ask ourselves, what is your fruit? What is each and every one of us in this new year? You know, what's our fruit? What are we, what are we, what seeds are we planting, right? But what fruit are we sharing? What in our lives is so delicious and juicy and wonderful, Okay. And, uh, you know, sometimes just a sidebar, you need to check your fruit and make sure it's not rotten because <laughs> on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, we had some guests over and of course, social distance and not, no, you know, made sure everyone was safe and not too many people just had to add that. But I was saving this guava to make a Shehechianu on the second day. And I've never eaten guava. I've had guava juice. I wouldn't know a guava from a something that's not guava. I, mean, I just didn't know. I don't know. So my daughter was saying, can I try the guava? I never had it before. And I'm like, no, Mira, we have to save that. We have to save that for the guests. Let's make a shahiyanu together and make that a really holy moment. She's like, oh, I really want to try it. I'm like, you know what? No, we're going to save it. The table, the guests. I should have definitely let her try it because everyone had their guava in hand and 
were all looking at it. Some people like didn't knew, some people knew what to do with it. Some people didn't know what to do it, do with it. And we all took a bite at our nice Shekhyanu. Oh man, it was disgusting. It was like rotten. It was weird. It was not good. So maybe there's some something about checking our fruits. You know, that's a, a valuable message. Hi, I'm Maxine Kaufman, Executive Director of the Jewish Federation of Florida's Gulf Coast. And I'm quickly interrupting this episode to tell you a bit about the organization that brings you the Parsha Pathways podcast. Welcome to the world of the Jewish Federation, where the Jewish values of compassion, charity, generosity, and responsibility inspire us to improve the quality of life for people in our community, in Israel, and around the world every day. It is time to meet the challenges of modern Jewish life, both at home and overseas, and to provide the financial resources needed to fund the many services, programs, and activities that are demanded of us to sustain and continue to grow a strong, vital, and vibrant Jewish life. Programs like Parsha Pathways are brought to you free of charge, but donations are always welcome. Visit jewishgulfcoast.org slash donate to learn more. All right, here we are. So we are at number five, halfway through. Let's plow through. So the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden, a perfected world redeemed life is called life. Uh, can we have a reader for number number five? The Garden of Eden, the world to come, perfected, redeemed life is called life. Yeah, a perfected life, the Garden of Eden. And it's, it's interesting because we can ask ourselves, what, what even is that, you know, from the past, right? From the creation story, there's this idea of, of, of Gan Eden, right? But there's also in Judaism, a future idea, the world to come is this Artsot Chayim that a perfected world is called life, right? Uh, there's much more to say about that, but we're going to move on through. Um, a tree is called life. So our naturalists in the crowd, those of you who said you enjoyed walking in the forest and on the beach, like here is your text, okay? So the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and placed there a man whom he had formed, right? Adam, the first creature and uh, the first human. And from the ground, the Lord God caused to grow every tree that was pleasing to the sight and good for food with the tree of life in the middle. Eitz Hachayim, the Eitz Hachayim was planted in the middle of the garden the and the tree of knowledge of good and bad. This tree of life was established for us. It was planted for us to enjoy, to be life-giving. And we can ask ourselves today, what is that tree of life for us? What is your tree of life? Right? The Torah is called the tree of life. Right. So that's how that works for a, a, tr a traditional minded Jew. But maybe there are other things or I could say and there are other things that may be like a tree of life for us. That's life giving, you know, just the way a tree 
you know, has all of those benefits, like we discussed before, the fruit, the leaves from the oxygen, you know, just the good feeling we have from being among trees and the shelter that it provides for so many animals and for us as well, right? There, maybe there are metaphoric, metaphorical trees of life for us, you know, that we can think about what that might be in our lives. Number seven, you didn't think we would be without this, right? The land of Israel is called life. Very strange source here though. Uh, then I will bring you down. This is from Ezekiel 26. I will bring you down with those who go down to the pit, to the people of old, and I will install you in the netherworld. Right. And now you're already thinking netherworld. Whoa. What are we, what is that? Right. We're not going to talk about that today with those that go down to the pit, right? Sheol, right. Um, your day bore is it's used here like the ruins of old so that you shall not be inhabited and shall not radiate splendor in the land of the living. Well, what is going on here? This is a prophecy like, uh, you know, that's what the prophets did. They, this is going to happen to you. You're going to lose your land. You're going to go down to the pit. You're going to be exiled. You know, come back to God. Observe the mitzvot so that you can enjoy your life, you know, on the land, in the, in the land of Israel. If you don't, right, all of these bad things are going to happen to you, right? And that's what this text is saying. Well, the rabbis in this genius way took this very like upsetting verse right? <laughs> to highlight this one little point that is natati tzvi, that, that, that Eretz Yisrael is the land of life. You know, so if, if you're listening to that as, you know, one of the ancients, like, oh, well, I want to be in the land of life. That's, that's where I want to be, the land of life. I don't want to go to this other place. So that's what the Jeremiah uh, Ezekiel is saying. So, you know, you better watch out so you don't lose that privilege of living in the land of life. Okay, I'm sure there are other verses that may have been better suited for this, but I didn't make up the Midrash. So, okay. Um, now, as other people have said before, acts of kindness are called life. Acts of kindness. Okay, so... Um, anyone want to read this one for us? Star, would you take that one? Acts of kindness. Sure. Uh, truly your faithfulness is better than life. My lips declare your praise. Ah, nice. Okay. Kitov chastecha. It's chastecha, chesed, right? What's chesed, right? Kindness, love, right? So it's using God as the, as the source of kindness. And we being created in the image of God, we're emulating that. So from this verse, we know that kindness, right, is it's translated here as faithfulness, but it's 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 not really actually it's kindness. Okay, um, it is from the word chesed in the Hebrew, that's life giving. All right, we're almost there. Number nine, wisdom. Wisdom is called life, distinct from Torah. Okay, this is a different category. It's wisdom. Um, so, uh, Beth, would you like to read? Uh, the instruction of a wise man is a fountain of life, enabling one to avoid deadly. And I can't see. I can't oh. see because I um, okay. deadly something. What deadly um, snares? Okay, snares, yeah, Beth. Snares. 
Thank you. So from Proverbs 13, uh, 14, the instruction of a wise man is the fountain of life. Torat chacham mekor chayim. So if you would be so kind to put in the chat, what is somebody in your life, when you think about someone who's, who's wise, who's imparted to you great knowledge at any point in your life, maybe when you were younger, maybe last week, but who would you say who in your heart, you know, is in your, your mind is, is the wise one, <laughs> right? Who you've learned uh, so much from. Many of us have many people, perhaps we could fit in this category, or maybe we just have one. So I'm curious uh, to see who you think of, who you associate, uh, who is the wise one, who's, who's offered you instruction. Maybe that was, you know, life-affirming instruction. a former employer, a rabbi. Oh, thank you, Bev. Okay. Sharing, sharing the Torah, sharing uh, the text with you. All right. Rabbi Herman Shalman, my dad. So nice. Right. Ah. Especially, um, you know, for some of us, when we are coming into Yisker, right, we're thinking about the wisdom that's been imparted to us from people who are no longer with us, right? That, uh, a way of keeping their memory alive is to act in the way that they wanted us to act, right? Or, or to um, act on wisdom that they imparted to us. All right. And another verse about uh, the wise, um, hope deferred sickens the heart, but desire realized is the tree of life. Where did that come from? I think I just like that. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, desire realized is the tree of life. This is a different category. Desire realized. This is from Proverbs 13, 12. When I was hunting around in Proverbs, I came across this, another life idea. Machala lev. The eight chayim Desire realized is a tree of life. I think in this sense, it's, it's a positive desire. So, you know, an, an arrow that you've shot, that's reached its mark, something that you have honed in life that you, that you wanted, that you achieved, right? When we achieve something that we've worked for, right? That could be life-giving. Um, I may be reading this, reading into this, but uh, it seemed to me at the time that that was another takeaway about life. Yeah. Comment. <clears throat> Well, you know, I, I think, think that's, that's, you know, go on, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Byron, go. <laughs> You're good, Byron, go. <laughs> I would say Zionism, the establishment of Israel, certainly gave life to a lot of people. Yeah. Yes, right. Oh, uh, that was an ideology, right? It was born out of the Torah in a way, but in that time of Zionism, like as a, entity that was born out of the mind, right? If you build it, they will come. If you dream it, right, it will, it could be. So it, it began with that dream and then working to fulfill the dream, right? Yafeh. Okay, Jay? Uh, well, the two sides, I, if you lose your hope or defer your hope, it makes you feel sad and weak um, or disappointed. Um, and when you accomplish what you're trying to do, assuming it's a positive, <laughs> um, it is life affirming. I mean, mm -hmm. They both take you there and uh, yeah. building something, you know, accomplishing it. Mm. 
Mm. Our yeah. essences of what move us forward. Yeah, right. This is right. Actually, a, a, a beautiful text for this time of year, right? When we're sort of setting our trajectory, thinking about where do we want to go, what do we want to be, what do we want to do, right? What what has held us back? How have we held ourselves back, right? What hopes are just like sort of lingering there, like withering away <laughs> uh, dreams that we had for ourselves. Whereas, you know, what could we, what could we be working on? Maybe just a little bit at a time, right? To get there. So um, yeah, I'm glad that we came across that one. Um, all right, and finally, water. <laughs> uh, some of uh, another JNF uh, pitch here, right? Water is called life. Okay, so uh, how do we see that? Well, we know Mayim Chayim. There are many many sources about water that's life giving, and we just know it from our own lives that everything depends on water all of life depends on water every single life needs water right on that day this is another prophecy from zechariah chapter 14 on that day fresh water shall flow from jerusalem part of it to the eastern sea and part of it to the western sea throughout the summer and winter but it's called mayim chayim Okay, and Mayim Chaim is also living waters. The living waters is also one of God's names. It's, it's you know, God is known as the rejuvenating living waters. Um, and ah, I guess in my in my research, I found another another one of Yirat Hashem Mekor Chaim that the fear of God is a fountain of life. Mekor Chaim. Okay, it's like a, a foundation of life. Uh, fear of heaven, meaning that that awe, right, that we're meant to to experience around this time of year. It's not necessarily like a quaking, you know, running away type of experience. It's a leaning in toward because you you want to be in the presence of this awe-inspiring, you know, oneness of God uh, that is life-giving. So um, I didn't mean to short shrift the water text here because I think we could do a lot on that, <laughs> right? Uh, so the idea here, I'll stop my share, is that we have these 10 plus <laughs> life-affirming ideas that are in the um, in our scripture, in Torah, Nevim, Ketuvim, that uh, are right in the text. And the rabbis took them out and, and brought those texts to us to say, you know, life comes from all these different sources. And then we're meant to look at our own life and only add to that, add to the blessing of life with the things that make us feel the laughter of children, right? Um, even if it's through the Zoom <laughs> or spending time with family, um, walking out into nature, Coming together to study Torah that was on the list um, is life affirming. Sedaka, right? Supporting our local federations and uh, local organizations and synagogues and the people in our community who are in need to support Eretz Yisrael through Sedaka, life affirming. My blessing for us as we go into this new year is that we support each other in these acts of faith to support each other for life and for goodness, and for peace, and for health, and may we uh, see each other again in strength with, with all of these great life-affirming ideas um, as we move forward in this year, and let us say amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. This concludes our Torah study for this morning, and uh, any announcements? Yeah, thank you, Rabbi. You're welcome. Shana Tova.
Thank you all. A happy, healthy New Year. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Parsha Pathways. We hope that this episode filled your heart, mind, and soul with Jewish wisdom. Don't forget to stop by jewishgulfcoast.org to explore everything that the Federation has to offer. And we look forward to bringing you next week's Parsha. Shabbat Shalom.